Well, this evening we're going to look at another truth that will, again, I say, revolutionize your prayer life. And it's another one that I could say is simple, but it, it is like everything else we're talking about this week. It, it is a discipline, which means it takes practice. So, first of all, let me share with you the spiritual concept that I gave this morning in, in the morning prayer meeting. Today's theme uh, is solitude. We talked about solitude this morning. And that is simply creating time and space to be alone with God. It is essential to cultivating a life of holiness. And, and I'll just say this statement from this morning. It is more than your quiet time. It is more than your morning devotions. Although solitude can happen there, but often we think, well, I've had my time with the Lord this morning, uh, you know, but oftentimes that time with the Lord is hurried, distracted, and we don't allow our heart to be exposed to God. Solitude brings us to a place where our heart is exposed to God. Now, one particular point I made this morning that will lead into this lesson tonight is that solitude is both a physical and actual getting away to a, a, a private place or a place of prayer, a prayer closet. Uh, we might call it the secret place with God. So it's a literal physical getting away, but it's also, solitude is also something that with practice, we can learn to do no matter where we are, no matter who we're with, no matter what's going on around us. And that's where it's going to take time. But tonight, let's look at some scriptures. All of them you will know. Luke 18 and verse 1 says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Ephesians 6:18, Praying always with all prayer and supplication, in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. First Thessalonians 5:17. Pray without ceasing. Colossians 4:2. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. And I think you've got it, right? You see from these verses, you know what the Bible tells us, what Jesus has commanded us, what uh, the Apostle Paul has written many times, and there are many more scriptures that would support this and, and help us understand. So you know where we're headed this evening. And let me say what has probably been true for all of us at some point and to some degree in our life. We think, pray without ceasing? Come on. It's funny, I just thought of this as I'm seeing you men sit there. I remember one of the times that that really hit me was that when I went to the Rock of Ages uh, training, the, the, the new, what do they call it? The candidate week or whatever, new applicant week. And uh, man, they came in. I don't know if it's Brother Garris or who it was, but came in and told us, you know, about the importance of prayer and just driving home that praying and pray without ceasing. And, and uh, I, I tell you, you scratch your head, especially as a young believer. You say, I, 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 I don't know how to do that. How am I supposed to? I can barely get my time in in the morning and maybe a little at night. And how's a working man or a working woman supposed to pray all day? And, you know, that's got to be for those monk types, you know, or the pastors. That's who that's for. They, gotta, they need to be praying for the rest of us. One of the most essential spiritual disciplines is prayer. It's all through the Bible. And we, we said last night, there's no arguing that. But to be fair to our times, the idea of unceasing prayer, I think, is very difficult for modern Christians in the modern Christian living to grasp. In this fast-paced, ultra-distracting world, 
to be able to conceive this and put it into practice is just mind-blowing. And there are some reasons for that, I think. I want to show you three reasons I think that we have a hard time with this. Number one, I would say, it's because we are an undisciplined people. I mean as a culture. As a culture, we are an undisciplined people. Americans are a very undisciplined people. If you travel anywhere into the Eastern cultures, you'll see the difference between America and that part of the world. But I would also say as a church culture, especially American church culture, we are an undisciplined people. And that makes it hard. Well, again, that's the purpose of this conference, to bring back some of the theology of spiritual discipline into our lives. Let me give you a second reason I think it's hard. We lack the ability to concentrate in this high-energy scroll screen world. Okay? Now, there's a point I'm making on that. The first uh, line of a Time Magazine, an online Time Magazine article that I looked at, the very first line, it, it was an article on attention span. And the very first line said, if your mind wanders off before you finish reading this sentence, you're not alone. <laughs> but they were making a point, a very realistic point that we live in a time where the average attention span has dropped gr drastically. Now, I, I want to I share this with you. We live in the age, like I said, of the swipe and the scroll. You see people doing it all the time. They're good at it, man. You know, and they're always doing it. Just scroll, scroll, scroll. There's no depth, no, no digging in on anything. I mean, that's the common practice, right? We want the highlights. Brother, Brother Charlie said the other day, we've gone from saying, hey, how you doing, to yo, what's up? It's worse than that. Now I send text out sometimes to communicate information, important information. You know what I get back? I guess that means you understand. I, I don't I mean, people, they, we don't communicate. Listen to this. This study is from 2015. And it, it, it demonstrates in that 2015 study results that said, quote, the average attention span is down from 12 seconds in the year 2000 to 8 seconds now. That is less than the 9-second attention span of your average goldfish. <laughs> this is in a, this is, so you know where it's coming from, this is uh, from a BBC.com article on, uh, under their news health section. So, I mean, this isn't just, just fly-by-night chitter-chatter. I'll give you a third reason. We're misled in our understanding of what unceasing prayer is. And that's the, hard, that's the one that gets us because when we look at it, we say, well, that's, I just can't do that. I don't know how to do that. And... And I think we just misunderstand it. But now, let me use the cell phone addiction as a positive example for a moment. From that same research in 2015, and this, this article was talking about that same research, but it's a time.com time article. But it said 77% of people aged 18 to 24 responded yes when asked, when nothing is occupying my attention, the first thing I do is reach for my phone. 77% of 18 to 24-year-olds said, yes, that's the first thing I do. When nothing's got my, nothing, I just, I get my phone out. Now, that number declines as you go up in years, but it's a pretty, I mean, it goes. It's still there up into the 60s. I mean, the 60-year-olds are grabbing their phone a lot too. But here's what I want to say about that. That habit of reaching for the phone, it's a well-established habit. 
There's so many articles and books out there today uh, that talk about that dopamine hit that you get when your phone alerts you that you've got a text or a notification, a, a, a post online, you know. And so we get addicted to it. People are literally addicted to that. Well, here's the thing, on the flip side, if we could retrain ourselves, and, and, and the great thing is the Holy Spirit will help us, if we can retrain ourselves to learn how to turn to prayer in the same way, imagine how that would change our prayer life. Imagine how that would bring us into the realm of unceasing prayer. I mean, imagine when you have nothing going on and you've got a few moments of downtime, if it just became your habit to say, Lord, I love you. It's been a good day. Thank you for being with me and for taking care of us, even when we didn't know you were doing it. You know, I mean, there's always something to thank God for. What if that became the habit of our life? So, if I'm not learning this discipline, you know, I may pray in the morning and then turn around four or five hours later, I haven't even thought of God. And that's certainly not a godly life. And that's not a judgmental statement. That's not a condemnation I'm making. I'm saying that's really literally not a godly life. If you go five, six hours, you haven't thought about God, you haven't spoke to God, that's an ungodly lifestyle. You know, it ain't the drunkard. I, I mean, I've drove this home all week. It ain't the drunkard and the drug addict. Yeah, they're ungodly, but, but they don't even know God. You and I go four, five, six hours without even thinking of God. That's pretty ungodly. So we need to retrain ourselves is what I'm saying to get this discipline in our life. Here's the thing. We know prayer is what we ought to do, but how do we, as I said last night, how do we get from I ought to and I need to pray to prayer is something that I am doing. It's natural and normal for me. It's regular throughout my day, no matter where I am, no matter what I'm doing. That's what the praying always is about. Now, from our learning of singularity, wholeness, we know that we are what we're after is that our heart would be in tune with God always. That's the idea of the wholeness, the integrity of our heart. And here's the thing. As soon as we recognize that our heart is out of tune with God, we should come back into alignment. We should turn our heart back to him, turn the gaze back straight to God. Realignment. So prayer is at its core purpose, as we said, about union with God. Now, I just want to walk you through this evening for these last few minutes how to pray through your day. And these are simple things, but I'm telling you, if we would just kind of, you kind of get these down and start trying to practice it, just practice, start tomorrow with one of them, and then the next day or the next week, start, you know, add them in, you're going to find that you can pray a lot more than you think you can. Um, it's simple, but it's, it's a discipline, as I said. You've got to train yourself. So our goal must be that we want our whole life to be a life of prayer. You're not um, here just, you know, we, we're not content with where we are. We want to be more and do more. And I suspect uh, that you could have found an ample excuse tonight uh, not to come to the house of God, but you are here, which means that tells me that you share to some level, to some degree, my desire to be more. You know, that's what brought you to the house of God tonight. We want to find the kind of prayer life that R.A. Torrey says in, in his book, How to Pray, a constant upward looking of the soul to God. We should walk so habitually in his presence that even when we awake in the night, it would be the most natural thing in the world for us to speak to him in thanksgiving or in petition. I got to admit, I've woke up a lot in the night lately, and I, I'm just confessing now. Lord knows I'm confessing. I'm showing you we're all beginners. 
I've woke up in the night here recently and thought to myself, I should pray. But I thought to myself, but I'm losing sleep every moment. I got to get to sleep. And I just roll over and try to go back to sleep. I'm confessing. That's a wasted moment right there. I mean, Tory was talking to me when he wrote that back in the whatever. <laughs> now, I'm going to give you just these five types of praying that if you'll do them, they'll help you practice and fill your day with unceasing prayer. Ready? They're quick. Number one, realignment prayer. That's the one I've been talking about a lot. Realignment prayer. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. That's a good starting point. That's a good, I mean, these are good times to pray. Evening and morning and at noon, first thing in the morning, middle of the day, at night before you go to bed, these are great times to realign the heart with God. Now, all prayer does this. All prayer is realignment prayer, understand. But what I mean by this, this is specifically times when we are presenting ourselves to God for this purpose alone. I'm not coming to God with a request. I'm not petitioning God for anything other than that I can align my heart with Him. So this is realignment prayer. Morning, noon, and night. These are good times to do that. Just coming back into union with God. And I think this is what Jesus was doing in Mark 1.35 when He got up early that morning before everybody else and He went into the mountain to pray. And again in Matthew 14.23 it says, And when He had sent the multitudes away, He went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, He was there alone. It was one of those times, Brother Charlie, we, we kind of were talking about this yesterday. You got to have been around the crowd long enough. It's time to get along with the Father. And Jesus says, you, you, you fellas go ahead. I'll catch up. I, I, need to, I need some time. And he took some time to pray. So realignment prayer. Number two, rejoicing prayer. Rejoicing prayer. You start adding rejoicing prayer to your life, you're going to start praying a lot more. And again, you, you folks here tonight, you do these things. But I guess the thing I'm saying is, is we can do them more and, and really get to this praying always type of living. Paul said, rejoice evermore. See how he couches this pray without ceasing in the middle of this? Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So right in the, where he says pray without ceasing, right before that he says rejoice evermore. Right after that he says giving thanks in everything. So this is rejoicing prayer. This is... Spirit-led prayer, if you will. It's spirit-led praying. And spirit-led praying always includes gratitude and rejoicing. And this is a great way to pray. Just spend time thanking God. You know, just cultivate this practice into everything. Even the smallest blessings of our day. And this can be part of unceasing prayer. It keeps the heart fixed on God. And at the same time, it's giving Him the glory that He is worthy of. It's not asking for anything. It's just simply expressing gratitude. You know, when all your traffic lights really are green, Lord, I, I thank you for that. I was able to just breeze right through this madness. You know, when, you, when the checkout line at the grocery store is, is empty and you can just go right up and pay and get out. When your children come and they flood you with good news, Lord, thank you. You know, I, I'm listing all the stuff that we normally grumble and complain about, right? So maybe on when, it's, when it's working, we just turn that around and take time to thank God for the blessing. So that's rejoicing prayer. Number three, requested prayer. Now, this one, this one is probably going to add more than anything else I tell you tonight. I don't know. I might say that again when I get to the next point. But I'm going to tell you, this one's a big one because I want to show you something about this. 
Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5.22, he said, brethren, pray for us. Now, we hear that all the time, don't we? Brother, just pray for me. Just pray for us. Would you remember us in prayer? Prayer request. Anyone ever been asked to pray for someone and you agreed to do so, but then you forgot? Yep, I think we've all done that, maybe today. <laughs> you know, if we do less of that, that means by default we'd be praying more. But now I'm like you. I'm like, I'm like most people in here. Some of you now, you're good at it. You can remember stuff, but most of us will forget. So there's a simple solution to that. It's pray then. Because it, it takes care of a couple things. Number one, I, I won't forget to pray, you know. I, I'm going to follow through with it. And I'm actually going to minister to them in that moment. And secondly, I'm, 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 I've added prayer to my day. So when you start thinking about it, I've, in this time I've been asked to pray for somebody, I'm not only ministering to them, but I've automatically realigned my heart to God. And, and you know how some people are. <laughs> you know, you'll get those some people that just say it out of habit. Well, brother, just pray for us, you know, just remember us in prayer. And if, if you was to stop, it's all right, brother, let's pray. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we, we can do that. Um, intercessions, the ministry of prayer on somebody else's behalf, that's good ministry. And uh, how many times a day, really, are you asked to do this? And you'll find younger Christians, you'll find that as you grow in your maturity and your boldness for Christ, uh, you'll find more and more people will be coming to you and asking you to pray for them. So this is a good way to increase our prayer. Uh, by the way, text prayers. I, I complain a lot about communication and failures to communicate. And I, I, I resisted texting until the year 2009, the year of our Lord 2009. I didn't text. I would get texts from people and I would call them back and talk. And I, what broke me was being in the army. And I'm going to tell you something. The United States military operates on email and text. That's it. And, uh, you know, so I just, I eventually gave up and started replying with text. Because I, I started calling soldiers back. They wouldn't answer the phone. But I could text them, right? I could, the, I don't get them to answer, but then I'll text them and they'll text me right back. Yeah. I think it was before the emoji days. Anyway, text prayers. What I'm simply saying is, you know, I, I was on the uh, was on the lawnmower. I was telling Brother Van, I was on the lawnmower the other day, and, and somebody just came to my mind. And so I prayed for them, but then what I did, I stopped my lawnmower, took out my phone, and I typed I, what I had prayed and said, you were just on my heart, and, and I was praying for you, and I sent that to them with the, what I had prayed for them. It's a great ministry. It doesn't take a lot of time, and it's a minute, you know, it's increasing our prayer life. Let me give you the fourth one, required prayer. Required prayer. Now by this, I think of the psalmist said in Psalm 109 verse 26, Help me, O Lord my God, save me according to thy mercy. And again of Peter who said, But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. I'm talking about the kind of pray, praying we do when trouble comes. And I guess we all know about that, and, 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 if, and if nothing else brings prayer out of us, that will. We, we kind of think maybe sometimes God lets us face a little bit so it'll help our prayer life, you know. But this is still good praying. It's the right answer. Peter did the right thing, didn't he? And in your times of trouble, to turn to God, that's a right thing to do and, and pray. But I'll say this about all the other prayer we've talked about. 
The more we've practiced all the other prayer and the more prayers become unceasing in our life, the quicker we can get to God in times of trouble. Because you've had that experience where somebody will come to you and they're so far from God. They're trying to pray. They want to pray, but they feel like they can't touch heaven and they're looking to you to help them. I'm going to tell you, Christians, stay in that place of prayer, praying always so that when the crisis comes, man, like Peter, Lord, help me. I mean, it don't take much. That, 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 old, that old publican praying at the temple that day, you know, he smote his chest, wouldn't even lift his eyes up. He said, oh, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That ain't a long prayer, but it got through. Requi uh, uh, required prayer. And then this is the last one. And I w this one came to me just this afternoon. I, I only had four originally, but... Five is the number of grace. You, you like that. So, How about this one, though? Reflective prayer. And when I thought about it, I said, well, Lord, I've been talking about that all week. <laughs> I guess that definitely needs to be on the list. The psalmist said in Psalm 39, Brother Charlie, this is for you. My heart was hot within me while I was musing the fire burned. That's that meditation Brother Charlie taught on meditation this morning. He said, but while I was musing the fire burn, then spake I with my tongue, Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days, what it is that I may know how frail I am. What do you think he'd been musing on? I think he'd been musing on his own, he'd been communing with his own heart on his bed, amen? And, and he come to realization, life's short, and I don't want to waste it. And so it leads him to prayer, reflective prayer. This category is very connected to the discipline of meditation. This practice of keeping God in our thoughts, it will greatly enhance our prayers. And, 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 I, and as I observe life, as I am experiencing the world around me, and what I'm trying to do, I'm, I mean, I'm trying to keep it in the context of the kingdom. And I, I got to tell you, I mean, 10 years ago, I didn't understand this. It was, not a, it was a foreign concept to me. And I know, see, we, we grow and we mature. And I guess that I'm getting at that stage and age where I need to see life this way. But what I'm saying to you, I pray sometimes watching a movie. I'm telling you, man, I can get my heart plumb ripped out watching some stuff. I've been telling these guys all week where, how the gospel's in all these. I told them, I tell you all this that time, I think I did. I was telling them how Maria in the sound of music, that's a type of Christ. I mean, the gospel's all in it. And it, I mean, it'll make me pray. I mean, it, oh, it, I've only seen it once. I agreed to what, it, you know, I mean, it, I, I got the point, so I probably don't need to see it again. But anyway, moving right on. But uh, I mean, just, just reflecting, just keeping life in the context of the kingdom will lead us to prayer. I, uh, I've been brought to prayer mowing my yard. I mean, I just gave an example of that. But I was, I remember one day, uh, not long ago, a few weeks ago, I was mowing and our driveway goes up like this. I was mowing uphill. And uh, as I crested that hill, the sun was just at the point where it was starting to dip on those trees. And man, you talk about a sunset and the sky. I'll tell you, I had to stop and pray a little while. Just keep it in the context of the kingdom. And, and, and I've been led like you to pray when I hear news reports. So reflective prayer. Let me give you this and we're done. Brother Lawrence, I said this morning to those that were here, if you don't have a copy of the practice of the presence of God, it is a book to put on your wish list and get. It is not a long book, uh, but if you get the older copies, the older editions, it doesn't read like the comic strips, you know, but it is a fantastic book. Brother Lawrence says, make it your study before taking up any task to look to God. 
be it only for a moment, as also when you are engaged thereon, and lastly, when you have performed the same. He said before you start, while you're doing it, and when you get done, take time to look to God. He says, and for as much as without time and great patience, this practice cannot be attained, be not disheartened at your many falls. You're not going to get this right. You're going to stumble along the way of figuring this out. But he says, truly this habit can only be formed with difficulty, yet when it is formed, how great will be your joy therein. Amen? So pray without ceasing. These are some ways to pray through your day. Let's, let's close with prayer. Fathers, we transition. We've got a great night ahead of us. Great time in the service that is to come. And we just are rejoicing in this week, this opportunity to bring our hearts back to a place where there is a reality. A reality of the kingdom that is greater than this world, more real than this world, and actually gives this world some sense. We can make sense of it. And so, Lord, teach us to pray and help us to increase our praying to you. We ask through the name of the Lord Jesus, amen.